0: So it was like literally at that moment, I realized we basically lost 70% of our company in a matter of a week. Everything we had built for five years in one week with one change that was a once in a decade type of event in the middle of the most important, worst time that it could have ever happened. Welcome to Big Business Mistakes, hosted by Brandon and Kaylin Poulin. Hear the most successful entrepreneurs tell jaw-dropping stories and lessons behind their biggest business mistakes so that you don't make them. Ditch the fake highlight reel and get the raw truths and golden lessons of what it actually takes to scale your business from those who have done it. This is Big Business Mistakes. Yeah, so like a lot of people don't know the story of Kalen and I, we actually met through network marketing. And so, you know, like those companies where you call all your friends and you make a list and you sell everyone and you get them all to your house and bother everyone and you're like one of those people. So that's what we did, that's how we started. Early on in my life as an entrepreneur, I really just wanted a motorcycle. (laughs) I wanted a motorcycle so I could go fast. And I remember calculating the amount of hours that I had to work to do it. And so I got a job at this place called Sunflower Market and it was a grocery store basically. Literally they had just had this big ordeal like PR nightmare because some freaking weirdo put something in the yogurt samples that wasn't yogurt. We'll just put it that way. I walk into this place and it was like, you could tell the whole place was scarred from this. And I'm like, I'm just here to work, you know? So I worked in the, in the dairy section. And so my job was to stack all the dairy and face it. And man, I worked hard at that job. I really did. I put a lot of effort in. There were guys that worked harder than me and I saw them and I was like, man, I gotta work like that guy. And I remember after a few months of that, I went to my boss and I was like, hey man, can I have a raise? And at the time I was making, I think $7.25 an hour. And he's like, yeah, well, it's only been three months, keep doing a good job and come talk to me in another nine months. And I just wanted 50 cents, right? And so I wanted to go from 7.25 to 7.75 and I was like, man, this is gonna take a long time to get where I wanna go. And I remember the next day I came in, I literally watched my manager just chew this guy out. I think he was like late, like barely late, like five minutes late and he just lost it on it. And I was like, that's not gonna be me. And that's when I just walked out, I left, right? And so it led me to my next job, which was with my uncle actually. And my mom was like, well, why don't you get a job with your uncle? And I was like, well, I didn't think about that. He had a remodeling company. So they remodeled bathrooms and kitchens and floors. And they threw me in the back corner of the office. They hired me probably cause I was the nephew and they threw me in the back corner, put me on the phones and gave me this like terrible script. I remember it was so bad. It was like not even well thought at all. And we're like, call all these people that need to get appointments set that we haven't been able to get in contact with. And so I effectively start just calling all these old leads, just dialing down. And I remember like, man, this script, like I called one lady and read the script and I was like, that was terrible. And so I rewrote these scripts, right? And so I I made all these calls and I did it. And I think they really didn't even expect me to succeed. I think they were like, oh, we'll just throw them in there and see what happens. But I dialed, man, and I got appointments and I set and then they moved me up to the front desk. So now I got the best leads coming in. And then they put me at the home show. And I remember I broke a record at that home show. It was like the highlight. Like such a highlight. It was such a blast. And I'd dress up. I'd wear a tie. The old people just loved me. They loved me. I was just like, like just energy and friendly. And that's like when I first really started to harness the power of communication and and selling. And being put in that sales environment. I mean, if you take anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur or wants to own a business and you put them in an environment where they can just sell, like that is the most important skill they need to learn because they need to understand no matter what you sell or what your business is, is your job number one is to create sales. And the people, it's people who you're selling to. And when you learn communication and how people think and process and their feelings and their fears, and you start to understand how they tick, like that's how you can make a business successful because you understand, how to communicate with people and how to manage them. And so I learned so much in that job. And so I remember uh, opening the mail and I was looking at the, like I was looking at something I should have been looking at, but I opened the mail. So I just had to figure out where, where to send it. And there was all the salaries of all the salespeople on there. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta check this out. And so I'm looking at the mail I'm looking at the salaries and I'm like, dang, these salespeople. Cause I set appointments for a salesperson to go out and do the actual sale. Right. I was the lead setter and they paid me like 10 bucks an hour and like I don't remember that. I think it was like $25 if the sale closed. It was it was like nothing and people were making like 150 grand a year selling. And I was like, bro, I was like, I need to do that. So I, so I got a meeting with my uncle and I was like, Hey, I want to sell. I, I know what they make. I can do it. Put me out there. I've proven myself and I'd been there like maybe a year and a half. I'll never forget. He grabs a stack of books. He puts them on the table right in front of me and he goes, read these books and come talk to me in 2 years. And I was like, okay. Really in hindsight, I should have been like, I should have took the books, came back in like 2 weeks and said I was ready. <laughs> but uh, but it actually worked out, I would say. So, I actually left. I left that job. I was like, you know what? I want to grow somewhere. So I left that job. I went, I was 17 at the time and I filed my first LLC. I started my first company at 17. I looked up Google and I was like, how do you start a company? And I was like, there you go. And so you printed out this template on some website and figured it out. And, uh, and there you go. I started my first company at 17. And so my buddy Rory had just come back from Arizona and he, I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico at the time, and he was doing auto glass. And so they were selling windshield replacements at gas stations and he was like crushing and he was all excited. So he comes back with this like fanny pack and he's like, bro, check this out. And I was like, why do you got a fanny pack? And, and so it's got this like toolkit in it so that you can fix windshields. Right. And so I'm like, I'm like, what the heck? And so we go to a, a grocery store and he like approaches some lady walking to her car and was like, Hey, do you care if I fix your windshield for free? And this lady was like, who the heck is this guy walking up to my car? You know what I mean? And so he was like, check it out. So he showed me and he fixed this lady's windshield in like three minutes. And cause it had a chip in it. And I was like, Whoa, like. That's cool. And I was like, well, can you charge? Like you can charge for this. Right. And it turns out insurance companies will pay to do it for free. I don't know what the market of that is like now, but then they would do it for free. So the insurance company would pay like $90 for that thing that took three minutes out of a fanny pack and it wouldn't cost the customer anything. You just had to get their insurance card, and make a phone call. And I was like, I could do this. And so I never forget, I was terrified out of my boots. Like I started the company, I did the paperwork and I'll never forget getting my first client. And so when I say client, it was the first site. So I g- got in the car with my mom. I was like, we're going to lunch. And I was like, but hey, I need to make a, a pit stop at this gas station. And I knew that if I, if I had my mom with me that I would get out of the car. Because if I drove there myself, then I would, I would chicken out, right? So I knew that if I had my mom with me, I'd get out of the car. And I get out of the car at this gas station. I walk in, the Middle Eastern guy's in there And he's looking at me like, you know, what cigarettes are you going to buy? You know what I mean? And I'm like, and I'm like, Hey man, so I have a proposition for you, an opportunity. And I'm with, I think it was called instant auto glass was the company. I was like, I'm with instant auto glass and we're here locally in Albuquerque. I want to clean all your customers' windshields for you when they come. And so you'll be the only gas station where you can get your windshield cleaned while you pump your gas. And then while I'm cleaning their windshield, I'll look and see if they have any chips on their windshield. And if they do, I'll offer to fix it for free and I can bill their insurance and it won't disrupt your gas station. And then I'll pay you, I think I paid him like 50 bucks a day to be there. So I'll clean your customer's windshield for free. I'll pay you to be here. And he was like, okay. And I was like, really? (laughs) Like, really? And I'll never forget that day. And so I got three more gas stations. I hired all my friends and we started fixing windshields. It was amazing, like me personally, I remember I could clear like 600 bucks in one day and I was like, holy crap, like this is insane. Like this is crazy money. You know, I'm used to making 10 bucks an hour. You know, work one day, make a hundred dollars. I'll never forget just like, just being out there on the grind. Again, just like approaching people, learning sales, learning communication. Hey ma'am, how you doing today? Like I taught, like so many people gave me dirty looks. I learned how to take no for an answer. Like I learned how to take rejection. I learned how to get rejected over and over and over and over and over and over again and approach complete strangers. And so now all of a sudden it's like, wait, the worst thing that happens is they just say no. But when they say yes, it's like this exhilarating feeling. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, what happens to us and the reason that we we don't go after what we really want is because we're afraid of rejection, right? We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of what if people say this about me or what if they say no? And what if they don't like me? and And so when you, do sales, you push through all of that and you eliminate all of these objections and excuses that you have and you get through to a point where you just don't care anymore and then you just go after what you really want. Right. And so I was building that muscle, right? I was building up that muscle of rejection and sales and and people and communication and closing, right? Getting the deal, getting the insurance card at the time. That's what it was all about. And it went well, I made money, but at the end of the day, I didn't know how to manage people. I didn't know how to run the economics of the operation. I didn't have any mentors and I I didn't have anyone to help me ultimately. And I quit. It was hard. All of my uh, friends, they quit. They weren't making money. I was the only one who could make money and it fell apart ultimately. And so I remember one day I came home from the gym. I just finished working out and my parents actually owned a gym at the time. And my dad has always been in sales or an entrepreneur, always doing something. And I, I came home from the gym, he opened the door and he like put a shake in my face. And he was like, hey Brandon, I made you a shake, try this. And I'm like, you don't ever make me anything. <laughs> like, why are you making me a shake? <laughs> like what's happening? And he was like, here, here, try this. It's, oh, isn't it so good? And I'm like, oh, what's wrong with you? Right, so I sit down and he shows me this video and it was like, anyone who's in network marketing or ever done uh, MLM, it's like three people and then nine and then 27 and you're watching like the pyramid thing, right? And I was like, I could do this. I was like, this is amazing. I was like, wait, so I just like show people this video and then they sign up and like get shakes and then like help other people like sign up and we just sell and, and that's it. And I was like, I'm in. So I went home, I signed up, I was 17 years old, I signed up illegally, you're supposed to be 18 and I started working it. I called every single person I knew, right? I, I, I gathered as much information as I could and truly I found my first mentor. There were two mentors in that company and it was an incredible uh, success of a company that I joined. It was, it was Body by Vi, uh, Vi Salis, 98 Challenge, and we sold health products. And so every single night I was in a living room with a different random group of people that I accumulated through phone calls to make a presentation to, show them the deal, close the room. I stood up in front of the room. I learned how to teach. I learned how to speak. I learned how to close a room, right? I learned how to present. And, and these are all skills that they're just invaluable in business, right? You have to build these skills because you, you need them no matter what business you're doing. And so that's why I love network marketing as like a training ground for entrepreneurs. It's like such a great place to to learn skills. And so through that, we actually did about $12 million in sales over four years. And I attribute it truly to being around people who wanted more, right? Being around mentors, being around ideas, right? Getting in the right rooms, right? I'm in rooms and I cultivate rooms and I work with clients that have five, $10 million companies to help them grow. And and I do strategy days and and we invest in companies, right? So, so it's at a whole nother level now. But but at that point, it was getting into the right room and that's what really ignited things for me. Ultimately, I, I ended up meeting my wife. We talked for like 10 days on FaceTime, like all day. If you guys remember, like if you're married or you've got a, a spouse or uh, you're engaged, like you remember when you first started talking to that girl that you knew she was the one. And we talked for like 10 days, back and forth, FaceTime. And I remember I sent her a bouquet of sugar cookies. I'd read this book and, and, and she told me that that was her her thing was gifting, right? She loved gifts, and she loved these cookies. So I sent her sugar cookies. I was not a romantic dude. <laughs> I was not. I was like, I was like the last guy that was gonna ever get married. I was just like, I don't have time for that, man. When you meet the right person, it's it's crazy. One plus one can be eleven, quick. And so I sent her this bouquet, convinced her to drive out. I'm in Denver at the time. She drives 20 hours straight. And basically she came in moved in she didn't know she was moving in she thought she was staying for like two weeks and we were just gonna like work together and then she never left we ended up moving in together so through that success working with her in network marketing i learned all the skills that i needed to really start my own business i finally got the bike right i finally got the bike i got the girl i got the car i had ultimately everything the world said that you should have to be successful and then you'd be happy. I was on stages, people want to know my name, people look up to me, I was training, I led people that were way older than I was and man, my ego was huge. That's for sure. At that point, I'll never forget just the feeling of like emptiness at that point. That's really when God entered my life and that's when I gave my life to Jesus and I got saved right and so these religious terms that people don't really understand fully but for me i was like at the height of all of this i had everything that everyone said you you should want but i felt empty inside And, and this was i was at 19 years old and it's a crazy experience so i ended up going to a church i got saved and god became a huge part of my life at that point now i believed but i didn't really follow and so that story will come and so ultimately what happened was the network marketing company crashed right like all the momentum was lost, customers, there were some leadership scandal stuff happening and the company failed, right? It had a big failure. The craziest thing about it all is we were basically faced with a choice and Kaylin and I were faced with a choice. Were we going to go to another network marketing company and take an offer and jump ship or were we going to go start our own business instead of going to another company jumping ship. And the reason we didn't do that is because we were signed up with our parents. And so our parents, would have lost income if we would have made that decision. And I was like, I'm not going to like take income away from my family. And like my little sister's private school is paid for from my parents. And if I jump ship, then that would impact them. And so instead of going the route of jumping to another network marketing company, we stepped out in faith and we started what is now known as Lady Boss. I'll never forget. We spent two months filming in the gym, filming content to create the actual workout and health program. It was overnight because we were sneaking in the gym that my brother managed and we like worked around the like cleaning ladies vacuuming in there and like I had this crazy rig with my cell phone and a tripod totally like duct taped together but like we we did it. We made it happen. And so she built the app that we had by herself and I was doing the emails and building the website and and wearing all the hats and doing the, the accounting system and had no idea anything about business, but we, we had, we had skills, we had leadership, we had sales, we had these other abilities, right? And so we launched this thing two months in no income, no rent, like pennies in our bank account and it had to work. And I'll never forget the first customer came through it was $23 and 49 cents. And her name was Yolanda. And like we launched this thing at seven in the morning, which by the way, never launch something at seven in the morning. That means you're getting it ready all night <laughs> instead of all day launch things in the evening. I'll never forget it's the best money i've ever made and it was like ding 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 and then more and more customers and and we had made i think twenty thousand dollars by the end of 24 hours and it was like this two months of work all culminating in this moment and it was like it was mind-boggling and thus the journey begins right with lady boss and really for a year we kind of coasted right we were making twenty thousand dollars a month we were comfortable we were living a laptop lifestyle. We didn't work that much. And we got to this point where we got bored. Like I basically retired at 23 and we got bored. And it was like, I remember God just like tapping on my, knocking on my heart, just like, are you gonna do this thing for real and help people? Are you gonna make an impact with it? Are you gonna see what you're made of? Are you gonna see what you're capable of? Or are you just gonna hang out, right? Be comfortable. And man, I knew I had this fire and and you have this fire. If you're watching something like this, you have that fire, like it exists in you. And i needed to stoke it i was getting bored i wanted to see what i was made of and so i remember we signed an office lease and we decided to start hiring people that's when we went all in that was our all in tipping point moment where we're like we're gonna do this thing we're gonna make this happen we hired like five eight people i had no idea what i was doing i was learning as i went i was using books as my mentor looking back i regret not spending way more money for strategy days with with entrepreneurs, joining more groups. We were in groups, but we didn't have one-on-one support and help. And we made so many <laughs> mistakes, but, but we fumbled our way through it, right? And that's part of what I love about what I do now is getting to help entrepreneurs with that strategy when they're crossing through the thresholds of 2 million, 3 million, 5 million, 10 million, 15 million, and dealing with those problems. It's insane. And so what ended up happening was we grew fast. I mean, we went from 200,000 to 2 million to 7 million to 30 million to 33 million to 40 million to 44 million, right? In annual revenue. And this rise was intense. I mean, it was like, I've never been pushed so hard and challenged, and, and this happened over years. You know, you fast forward, there was Inc. Inc. number four, fast growing B2C in 2019. We've cumulative done over $200 million in revenue now and all this stuff, right? But it didn't end the fairy tale ending that most people think. And so what actually happened in 2021, Kaelin and I, we were entering a new season of our life. We had one daughter at the time and one on the way. And we really felt like it was time for us to enter a new season in our career and our business. And then our chapter with Lady Boss was going to close. And it was terrifying. Like I denied it. I resist. Like, I didn't really know what else I could do. I'd been doing this for so long. I'd been doing it for years and we had built this incredible business and this amazing like 700,000 customers and just coaching products. We had a coaching program. We had over 700 clients. We had huge coaching staff. We had built an entire phone sales team of 50 agents in La Jolla, California an office. We had done over $100 million in consumer packaged good revenue. We had, we had multiple product lines. We had all kinds of stuff going on, digital programs. We had done webinars, live events. We were doing an annual event, so many different things. It was like, I didn't know who I was outside of this. And But God kept pushing. It was like, it's time for a new season. It's time for a new season. So we launched a process in 2021 to take the business and sell it. And when we talked to multiple different brokers and launched the process, it was supposed to sell between 75 and 150 25 million. That was like a sure thing. That was like, this is what it'll go for based on all the margins and the multiples and all of that. So ultimately I was like, wow, like that's, that's insane. Like what would you do with that? Like that's a crazy amount of money, but I knew what we were doing and building value. And I knew that at some point it would probably happen. We would probably sell. We launched this process. It went super well. Incredible guys we were working with. I learned so much during it. We ended up at a point where we had 70, I think it was like 73 different parties engaged. And we had all the big names, Jenny Craig. Slim Fast, Weight Watchers, right? We had all these big companies looking at us because they were all in the women's weight loss space, all in the women's health space. I just remember how the conversations were escalating and things were getting exciting. And then the update hit. The update was Apple on your cell phone did an update and a little notification popped up and it said, ask app not to track. That one little notification where people opted out stripped a massive amount of data away from all these networks that were advertised on. Customer acquisition was driven by paid advertising on Facebook, on YouTube, on Snapchat. We were all over the place. And so in that basically week to two week span of time, we lost 70% of our customer acquisition like that. Like, and this was a once in a decade shift. And for some reason, most companies that I talked to, it was somewhere around there for them. Some weren't impacted, but big ones, the ones, the players that were at scale, they had the same impact it basically lit a bomb off inside of the most intense, exciting process that was going to be the culmination of this whole season in this company. It was hard. It was like everybody held their breath and they took a step back and they were like, we want to see what happens because we were positioning at this premium multiple and it was an intense process, right? And so I go from, we're going to sell for 75 to 125 million to like, hey, we gotta like regroup and go, like I gotta take my energy from this process and like re-go figure out in this company. And we had done major pivots along the way of going from zero to $44 million in revenue. I'd overcome massive challenges, the team, like I'd made so many mistakes, but we had overcome a lot of challenges. And and so challenges weren't the problem, it was that we had already decided that we were ready to move into a new season. And so we had made the decision that instead of going in and retooling and doing all this, that we were going to downsize and we were going to take it back to market and just go for a different exit, right? And so we're going to sell the company, but it's not going to be for, you know, hundred million dollars, but it's still going to be for an amazing chunk of change. And really at this point, the difference between me and probably other influencers or entrepreneurs that put out content is I don't make every decision because of money because money is not the ruler of me and at the end of the day there's a lot of things, my family, my faith, my integrity, there's a lot more to it than just money. And so when you decide something and you don't need money and your life is good and you're set, money's not the only outcome. And so we made a decision instead of like let's put all our energy into like turning this around and figuring this out again because we had done that before that we were happy to downsize and sell the business because we were ready for the next season. The message God had put on our hearts was real and we had always listened to him and that's what got us to where we were. And so we made the pivots, we downsized, we had to cut a lot of waste, and I learned so much that process. And ultimately we took the business back out to market. We had some rough patches and adjusting and team and we had to cut some things and, and liquidate a lot of inventory. It was tough, I mean, it wasn't like a pretty season. It was like all we had done for a decade Really, like seven, eight years was win and just explode, right, in every way. And now all of a sudden, it's like there's a contraction, and we're moving in this new season. And we've got this company, and we love these customers, but like we're just ready to move on. And so it was an intense, uh, really intense season for us. And so ultimately, in the second sell process, we ended up selling the company, and I'm so excited for its future. And you know, we got an amazing result, and. Actually, it sold to Russell Brunson, who was one of our original mentors. Where it's going and the direction is so exciting and almost comical and crazy in a way because of my background and where the story I just told you. So when it, when it takes off and, and continues to explode in, in its new form, uh, we'll put it that way, it'll be fun to watch this video. And so at the end of the day, it was a close of that season and a, a new beginning to the next one. And people are always asking them out and about, like, what, what are you guys doing now, what are you guys doing now? And Cale and I are so excited because now we're finding purpose and creating massive power for companies in serving who we used to be. And so now we advise and we invest in companies that are seven figures, most of them minimum multiple seven figures, and helping them grow in scale, 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, 50 million, and beyond. And so that has been so exciting. We've met such incredible people. We've brought one company into our portfolio and there's dozens of others that we're working with and we get to do these strategy days and like collapse our decade of experience and all we've done and grow a business to 200 million in revenue and all these different product lines and 150 employees and sales teams and processes and in finance and recruiting and executive team and all these different things that we've done and get to collapse that. and and help other people do it. And it's been so fun and fulfilling. And so this journey for me of creating content, and the one thing I regret 100% without a doubt, is along that process over the last eight years of building that business, is that I didn't turn on a camera like this and talk about what I was doing. And so moving forward, I'm never gonna have that regret again, and I'm gonna get to share with you guys stories and lessons and incredible experience and wisdom from what I've done and from companies that we're serving and working with now and advising. So there's a lot more to come on the channel for Kaylin and I, and we're so excited that you're you're on the journey with us, that you watched this video. Drop a comment. Tell me what resonated with you. Tell me what you're excited about. I want to hear what you guys feel like I should talk about more if there's certain topics or parts of the story that you want me to expand on. Guys, thank you so much for being with us today. Drop a review. We'll see you next time. Bye.